As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Now, here's your host, Dan Celia. Good morning, Tuesday, November 30th. As we get ready to head into the last month of the last quarter of the year. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It is great to be here. We've got some economic data to kick around and look at and take a long, hard look at. Right now, all the Dow uh, futures are in ne- all the uh, futures are in negative territory. We'll see. Uh, yesterday, we had all three major indices in positive territory. As a matter of fact, the Nasdaq technology stocks up one point eight eight percent. The S and P was up one point three two percent. The Dow was only up uh, about two thirds of one percent. But nonetheless, major moves by all the major indices. Um, it looks like oil is moving down right now. We have all the major indices in negative territory. Everything down about three quarters of one percent, give or take. Uh, oil is down three point three percent. Major move in oil. It looks like everybody is blaming uh, the new variant uh, on this three hundred fifty point or so move in the Dow. Things are off their lows, getting a little bit better, but oil panics, of course with the thoughts of lockdowns and concerns, that means less oil being used, gasoline being used, and prices are coming down. Cyber Monday, yesterday, online sales dropped for the first time ever. Uh, Online sales have gone up every year since they've really gotten cranked up. Uh, They dropped 1.4% from last year, and last year wasn't a great year, I would add. Last year was a pandemic year, or I'm sorry, it was a great year. It was a pandemic year, right? So everybody was home buying stuff and ordering from Amazon, although uh, not like uh, you might have thought. But nonetheless, we are down 1.4% on Cyber Monday. That is not a good sign for retails. Uh, we had uh, less people walking through stores. That's not a good sign. Now we are going to have people worried about these flash mobs and what is happening with, um, you know, there could be, uh, violent 
uh, moves. Nobody wants to be in the middle of any kind of chaos like that. That is going to hurt retail, uh, the big box stores, that is for sure. Apparently, a lot of the big box stores right now are considering security measures and what they are going to have to do from a security perspective. So lots going on. It's going to be very interesting to watch and see how all of that takes uh, takes hold. But it is interesting to note that um, this is not going to be good for retail sales. Gasoline prices will likely go down a bit. We'll see by Wednesday what things look like. But the world is anxiously awaiting what is going to happen as far as shutdowns go. New York City, of course, the first major city in the country to uh, impose mandatory mask again inside. Isn't that great? So you got to wear those masks inside. It's very interesting. Yesterday on FISM, last night on FISM News, the doctor that discovered the COVID, this COVID variant. Let's watch this and see what she's got to say about it because it's important as we think about the economy. Here she is. Looking at the mildness of the symptoms that we are seeing, currently there's no reason for panicking as we don't see severely ill patients. We acknowledge that it might change going forward. But the hype that's been created currently out there in the media and worldwide doesn't correlate with the clinical picture. Yeah, you know, it is interesting because she is talking about the hype and what that is doing, looking at uh, uh, pretty mild, mild symptoms from this variant. And there is no reason to panic. And yet, when you watch the news, you listen to the Fauci's of the world and other politicians, this is turning in to another media crisis that is going to have people panicking. So they're worried about the economy. They're not too worried about the economy because this is not going to be good for the economy. I wonder, so I can only assume that years from now, people will be so worried about catching a cold that they won't go out and shop. They won't be driving. They won't do anything because they're going to be worried about catching a cold. Now, of course, we've spent two years almost destroying our immune system, wearing masks and other things. So, of course, you would be worried about even a common cold. But it's very interesting that uh, this doctor talking about how mild the symptoms are. There are no uh, respiratory symptoms at all. There is no fever. There is a weakness and a tiredness, maybe some achy kinds of muscles for maybe a couple of days uh, prior to you being diagnosed. And that's it. That's it. The mild is, is putting it lightly. So now we have people that are so afraid of catching a mild flu or a common cold that they don't want to go outside, that they're panicking because of the unknown. What's the unknown? The unknown is that 
maybe they're not real mild. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what we're panicking over. And she said that this is nothing to be panicked, be panicking about. Yet here we see markets, if nothing else, doing just that. They are panicking over this. And it is very uh, difficult to watch, but in fact, that is exactly what is happening. Home prices, uh, uh, home price gains slowed down for the first time uh, since May of 2020. So prices are leveling off here. I think they were last month as well, and they're likely to continue to level or stay uh, flatlined or drop. I suspect they will be going down here next month. We'll start to see prices coming down a bit. Uh, There's still a number of permits issued. Builders want to keep building, uh, but you know they, they've got to uh, worry about prices and people buying. One of the other issues, of course, is going to be oil. I will say before I talk about that is healthcare worker shortage is coming. Apparently, the healthcare industry is worrying about a shortage of workers. Well, you just fired everybody, healthcare industry. So you fire 40% of your workers because they refuse to get a vaccine. Now you're going to be worried about staying in business. Wow. Nobody saw that coming. You got to be kidding me. So now they're worried about the very obvious that for some reason, they just refuse to believe and see. I think it's rather comical, I guess, if nothing else, that they, they have to reveal their stupidity uh, in, in the wide open air like this. But, I mean, really, did you think that you wouldn't have a shortage of workers? When you're willing to fire 40% of your workforce in some places larger than that, there was one area that's 70%. Nobody is talking about the hospitals that have shut down already for lack of workers. Unbelievable. So, you know, that's just one thing, and we continue to see uh, unintended consequences that were about as easy to see as anything I've ever seen when it comes to unintended consequence. All right, we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It's great to be here. 610-363-1110. If you want to cue your call up, you're welcome to do that. I would remind everybody, and sure would appreciate uh, everybody just thinking about and praying about it today, but it is Cyber Tuesday. Uh, it is Giving Tuesday. Uh, I sent out a little uh, just nudge for everybody just to remind you, but, you know, look, it's, it's Giving Month as far as we're concerned. It's the last month of the year, and for ministries, um, it, it's hard for me to be too awfully focused on one day. Uh, this is a critically important month. For our ministry, I can't speak for every ministry, but uh, certainly for our ministry, this is a critically important month. In month in December's past, this has been the month that has carried our ministry uh, through some rough times during the summer. 
Um, and, you know, I, I, I know uh, for certain that this is going to be uh, probably a very rough month as far as giving goes for us because November was. And so I expect December to be that as well. Uh, giving is, and I can't speak for all of nonprofits, but give, giving is definitely going to be off here this December. But we want to make the best of it. We want to do whatever we can. And I hope that um, you will continue to help us stay in the fight and keep keep uh, working in so many different ways that we are doing. As a matter of fact, tomorrow, I hope, if I get the uh, proper thing that I need there to get it on the commentary section of the website tomorrow, you'll be a 20-minute video that is a, a shortened-down version of a, of a little uh, thing that we did in the woodlands for an appreciation uh, little uh, evening that we had to show people what we were doing here at the ministry and what we've been working on for so many years. And to give you an idea of all the things that are coming, we're very, very excited about it. So hopefully uh, you'll be able to see that. It'll be up on the commentary section of the uh, website on our uh, partner side for the rest of the month, and then we'll try to get it somewhere else on the website. But um, I hope you pay attention to that. Also, I uh, added some more commentary this morning uh, just something that you might want to take a look at as we think about at least the day and where we are on the day. But sure hope on Giving Tuesday that you'll be generous so you can think about our ministry as well as Preborn and India Partners and Liberty Council. Liberty Council is proceeding with a lawsuit against the president, President Biden, in reference to a number of issues. There are several lawsuits that they're fighting against. They need our support. You can check them out at lc.org lc.org. I'm trying to get um, trying to get them on the air uh, with us here to talk about some of those things here in the upcoming days. So hopefully we can do that. All right, 610-363-1110 if you want to queue your talk, uh, call up. Drug makers, uh, they continue to raise concern COVID-9 vaccines won't work well against this new strain. Uh, the key word is drug makers. Drug makers are warning. They, of course are seeing nothing but dollar signs. You know, the more they get, the more they want. They've got billions, literally billions of dollars more than they uh, had anticipated last year. They want that again, and they're going to continue to uh, parlay this uh, COVID for everything that they can get. You know, it is absolutely amazing. And maybe this will be this strain to just eradicate something else. Of course, the first strain of COVID has eradicated the flu. We don't have the flu anymore. I don't know. I guess some of you are still getting flu shots. I don't know why. I think the flu shot is gone, as far as I know. Have you heard anything about it? I haven't heard anything about it. I think uh, COVID has done a great job eradicating the flu, finally. So we have no flu anymore. We just have COVID. Now we're battling COVID and different strains of COVID. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, we've been battling a different strain of the flu every single year for the last 40 years. That's why the vaccine is different every year because there's a different strain every year. Could COVID vaccine be a, another um, cash cow for so many pharmaceuticals? It sounds like it. It seems like it. But for some reason, we think this virus, unlike the flu, is not going to mutate or change or have different variants, even though the flu, which is also a COVID 
virus. I assume all of you know that, but that is also a COVID. Uh, a common cold is COVID as well. So I assume that uh, this is going to mutate and change and that this time next year we'll be having a totally different strain of COVID that we are going to be battling. But for some reason, the various strains of the flu have never bothered anybody. They were never seen as something that the left could weaponize so that they could create fear amongst the people in order to control and gain more power and social control and more money. Oh, man. There's talk now about rolling back the U.S.-China tariffs. They said tariffs would ease inflation in the U.S. This, according to uh, a former Treasury Secretary, I don't know who it was. It wasn't Mnuchin. But anyway, um, so, yeah, the administration is not going to, it's not going to be hard for them to reach a deal to roll back tariffs. I don't know about rolling back tariffs when you've got ports all clogged up and you can't deliver products. So we're going to release tariffs. That's going to bring more goods in, creating a bigger bottleneck than we already have. I don't know that that's going to be necessarily a good thing. But apparently some think it is. I've got a solution for inflation that nobody wants to hear about. Stop talking about a COVID that has been reduced to nothing more than a flu. If people want to get a flu, a COVID flu shot, like they get the regular flu shot, then so be it. But if we all would go about our business working, if we would do something really crazy and wild, and decide somebody make an executive decision that law and order is an important aspect in our society and start enforcing laws and locking up criminals and telling them it's not okay to go into a store. And start stealing while everybody stands in Watches. But we don't have law and order. We have sanctuary cities that are ripe for this kind of activity. The highest overdose in America, drug problems continuing and should be a huge issue, but isn't. But in the meantime, we're going to have a left that's going to continue to instill fear in the hearts of people. And it's so easy to do. I laugh every time I see somebody driving their car down the road. Now they're going to be masked up in New York City. New York City, wonderful place to work. Nobody wants to go in. Offices are empty. And let's have a mask mandate inside. So everybody has to not only try to get to work and go into their empty office, but they got to wear their mask while they're in there. That's a real incentive to stay in the city. Every time they turn around, 
and they shoot themselves in the foot once again. Meantime, we're going to have gasoline prices and other um, prices continue to go up, particularly our utility bills, and that gas overtook coal as the top power generation. It was about five years ago in 2019 when the U.S. consumed uh, more renewable energy, uh, other uh, uh, renewable energy than coal. That was the first time since 1885 when wood was coal's main competitor. Well, the U.S. power sector has retired about one-third of its coal-fired generation uh, generating capacity since 2010. Now, just about every coal-fired plant is scheduling a time to close. They are gradually turning them over to not gas, but they may have to rethink that as well. But anyway, coal piles in these power plants that are still running on coal have dwindled dramatically to the lowest point since the 1970s. And the race to build up inventory ahead of the heating season has sent domestic coal prices to the highest prices in more than a decade. Central Appalachian coal, which is the best coal that you're going to have, it generates the most heat, hit $100 for a short ton just this week. That's twice the price that it was a year ago. And again, the highest since fossil fuel prices surged in 2008. What are we going to do? I'll tell you what the administration is going to continue to do. They are going to join the rest of the developed world in begging OPEC and Russia to increase production of coal, I mean of oil. So everyone now joining the Biden administration and asking OPEC, Russia, Iran, Iraq, and anywhere else that is not a part of OPEC other than the United States to increase production. We are going to have gasoline refineries shutting down next year. At least one, maybe two. We don't have that many. If you think gasoline prices are higher now, you haven't seen anything. All because we cannot Work in unity with fossil fuel. We want renewable energy now. And we want enough of it to heat every house, light every house, drive every car. And we want it now. It ain't going to happen. 
So there's going to be a lot of pain for a lot of years until we get there. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Seward. It's great to be here. 610-363-1110. So, folks, you know, uh, one of the things that we've got to be uh, focused on is inflation. I know I've said that. I've been saying that for a couple months now. The Federal Reserve, um, you know, certainly will raise interest rates the next year, one has to think. But they better do it sooner rather than later. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Uh, the dollar is starting to sell off a little bit. It is low. It is has dropped yesterday. It was a pretty significant drop yesterday. It's going to continue to drop if we don't do anything about it. That's going to add to the surge in inflation as the dollar continues to lose value. That is going to be a huge problem. And, you know, we've got to do something about it. And I, I just don't, I'm sorry, I don't understand the notion of the Federal Reserve not raising rates. I, I understand the politics of it all. I get that 100%. And I understand that this is now a political position as Federal Reserve Chair. I understand that as well. But look, I mean, at some point in time, somebody somewhere, somehow, has to be thinking about the American people and America. And we, we, have, got to, we have got to raise interest rates. Look, we don't have anything. I know that the Federal Reserve has always managed to con the vast majority of international governments as well as of the people here in America, that somehow they've got tools in the toolbox and that they can handle any crisis that comes along. They have been wrong every step of the way. They will continue to be wrong now. They cannot do anything about inflation. It's a runaway horse. They let it out, the, out of the barn in February, and now they just want to uh, try to control it. They don't even know where it is. It is a very, very difficult situation. The dollar is now devaluing. Uh, that is not good. There's a little bit of a carry trade that has already started that is going to be going on with the, uh, the yen and the dollar. That is not good. That's going to drive things even lower. I won't go into all the detail of exactly what that is, but uh, it's not a, uh, a, a good situation for the U.S. dollar. Nobody seems to care. 
Nobody is worried about that. But look, the only thing we have is strength of the dollar. It's what has kept the wolves away from the doors of America for a long time. And we've got to do something about it. And the only thing we can do about it is to strengthen the U.S. dollar. You do that by raising interest rates. Yeah, but that's going to add to inflation. Maybe. And as we strengthen the economy and keep at bay organic inflation that is happening anyway, how about the inflation that we have right now? Let me ask you all a question. Has the Federal Reserve raised rates? Oh, yeah, they raised rates when? 2007? Oh. Look, they, they haven't raised rates. We got 5.5% inflation. How's that possible? They haven't raised rates. I, I've been saying for years, rates will go up organically. We don't need the Fed to raise rates. We will have inflation and we do. Well, it's all because of the pandemic. No, it's not. Well, it's the supply chain issues. Certainly that is adding to it. No doubt about it. Does, I guess the question is, does it matter exactly where it's coming from right now? Does it matter? So because of where it's coming from, we shouldn't do anything about it to try to keep it at bay? Is that what the Federal Reserve thinks? Maybe. Maybe they do. I'll tell you what Janet Yellen thinks. Don't raise rates. I'll tell you what Janet Yellen knows. you got to continue to buy bonds. Okay, buy the stinking bonds. But in the meantime, raise rates. Don't do it the other way around. Don't cut your easing. Don't cut your purchasing and not raise rates. I would much rather see you raise rates and stop all the cutting. Nobody knows or cares. It's doing nothing for the markets. It's totally irrelevant. You're doing that for Janet Yellen. You're not doing it for the markets. You're not doing it for the economy. That's being done because we're printing money at the fastest pace that we've ever printed money before. And what is it we need? We're printing money on and on it goes. And every time we print more money, somebody's got to buy it. So the only thing we need is a buyer. And the Federal Reserve is not the buyer of choice. They're the buyer of necessity, and they will continue to make journal entries for the Federal Reserve to buy our money. It is never going to stop. So in the meantime, can you raise the value of the dollars that you're buying? That will be good for you. It'll be good for America. It'll be good for commodity prices across the board. We need to try to maintain some strength in the U.S. dollar. It is critically, critically, critically important. And the only thing that I can gather from this nothing but lame reasons why they're not doing it is because there is something great in the minds of the left that is going to come out of 
all of this inflation and crises that are being self-inflicted upon the American people from failed government policy, failed fiscal policy from the government. It is not going to be because of China. It's not going to be because of past presidents. It's not going to be for any other reason but a willingness to create crises, to collapse the government. There is a rush to dependency. There is a dramatic rush to dependency. Nancy Pelosi has said one of two things to the members of Congress. One of two things to her Democratic, far left, the left members of Congress. She has said one of two things. She has either said, do not worry about getting reelected. We've got that taken care of. Meaning, the corruption is already in place. Or, She has said, do not concern yourself with getting reelected because by the time September rolls along, we will have 51, maybe 52% of the American people dependent upon the United States government for their sustainability for their existence. So you will run on the platform of vote for that person and all that you have that is sustaining you will be taken away. Who is going to vote against the Democrats? Who? I'm, you're going to vote against the very thing that is going to take your finances or your sustainability away since you can't get work in the crummy economy. That's what you're going to, you're going to vote. You're going to vote to allow that to happen. I don't think so. Everyone in government knows that. Ask anybody in Europe. They'll tell you that. Ask any member of parliament. They'll tell you that. She's either told them one of those two things. Could we be in September at a place where we are going to have to depend on people to give up the very thing that is sustaining them every day to vote against communism? Is that what you're depending upon? Have you looked around at the scared People in our population, they're scared to death to go out of the house. You think they're going to vote to return America to its greatness? Is that what you think? No, they're going to vote on feeding themselves, feeding their children, feeding their families, and trying to pay a bill or two. 
That's what they will vote for. We are going to be paying a lot of money for gasoline if we don't fix our energy infrastructure. Think about this for a moment. 11 months ago, 11 months ago, we were oil independent. Oh, we were importing oil. Of course we were. We always will. Because our largest refinery in America is a foreign-owned company. Do you think they're going to use our oil or their oil? There will always be oil imported as long as we have refineries controlled by foreign entities that have their own oil. But we were oil independent. We had more nat gas than we could even possibly dream of. We were beginning to multiply and start to work hard to develop more ports to export liquefied natural gas. We could have been, that could have been our number one export in another year. All of that being pulled back. Wells being shut in. And gasoline refineries slowing down. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It's great to be here. 610-363-1110. Let me go to phones. Let me go to... Uh, Bob, Bob is calling us from Texas. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Uh, can you hear me well? Okay. Yep. Uh, my first question is, uh, I have a roof IRA that's less than five years, and I have to have an RMD. Is this taxable if it's less than five years? You, wait a minute, you have to have an RMD out of the Roth? Yes, I am uh, 73 years old, and uh, well, I have to, uh, oh, there's an RMD. And, uh, yeah, so Roths don't have an RMD. Oh, Roth doesn't have an RMD. No. No, so you uh, don't. Yeah, just traditional IRAs. Oh, okay. Also, Dan, I, do you recommend, uh, I have a RMD from the traditional. Would you recommend converting them to investments? Yes. If, you can, if you're okay paying the tax, I would recommend that you do that. Yeah, I have, I have RMD for this year, but I was thinking, I'm thinking about for next year. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would convert it to a, a, an investment account for sure, if you can do it. Any advan- any advantage then? Well, the advantage is it takes it out of the long reach of the government to control and to do who knows what. And I think that it's critically important that we reduce our wealth or reduce our funds in qualified plans like Roth, like 
traditional IRAs, 401ks, and so on and so forth. It's okay to have some of it, but we can't have all our wealth in qualified money because if they do something to change the rules or do something to um, take it over in some way, shape, or form, uh, you won't have any other monies to work with. And I think that we need to start thinking about moving that. Not to mention, I would rather pay the taxes on it this year than think about paying taxes on it later down the road when taxes are surely going to be higher. Well, okay. Also, I was planning to donate an RMD to a charitable, uh, uh, to a ministry. And if I... Uh, do I need a, what forms do I need to get a credit from the IRS? Do I yeah need that from the you, from the you're gonna need you're gonna need that from the brokerage because the brokerage company has to um, the they have to be the ones to send money to the charity or to the ministry. You can't take the money and then send it unless you have a check writing privilege or a, a checkbook from that IRA, they have to send it directly to. So they should have a form that you need to fill out that, that is going to list who you want to send it to. So if I, I have a tick, I have my own personal, uh, checking, but if I send, because this one, uh, financial institution say, said that, I just have first to send my own personal check and then they will send me. No, uh, no, you can't, you can't use a personal check that that doesn't help. You've got to use a check book that you have that is written against the money you have in the IRA. You can't that you can use that check. That's not a personal checking account. That's a checking account on the IRA that you have. And you can write a check from that to your ministries. But you can't take possession of any money, put it in your checking account, and then write a check. It doesn't work that way. You can't do that. Oh, you'll, be, okay. you'll be taxed on that money. So if I donate only half of the, of the total, would I still get accredited from the tax? Say uh, I have a an RMD of X, and then I send only half. If, if yeah, if you pay the tax on it, then you can donate it and get a tax deduction. If you pay the tax, I would rather you you know uh, you send it directly to them and avoid paying the tax. That would be better than getting a charitable deduction. So. Um, is to avoid paying the tax altogether. But yeah, so, if you do take it and pay the tax, then sure. Yeah, you that's a gift. You get to use that as a charitable deduction. Oh, okay. And last okay. question then. I have a business that's no longer active. I don't have a license anymore, but I'm still paying taxes on the use of uh, part of my house. Can I still use part of my investment uh, returns to deduct 
to use it as a tax deduction? No. Say I like to. Mm, no. I have to have a license. Yeah. Yeah. You can't if you don't have a. You got to have a business. You you know if you're paying tax on a business that you don't operate, then you need to close the business through the state and make sure that you don't pay taxes anymore. But no, you, you, you gotta have, you can't use any deductions for any part of your house. Uh, I mean, you need to check with your accountant. I'm not an accountant, but you, you gotta have legitimate deductions. If you're in business, that's one thing, but if you're not, you can't do that. If you don't have an active business. Then thank you very much for your All time right. and for your patience. You're welcome. Thank God you, Bob. You. Glad you called. Thank you. God bless you. All right, let me go to uh, Jimmy. Jimmy called from North Carolina. Hey, Jimmy. Hi, uh, Dan. Uh, thank you for everything you're doing for our country here. I appreciate it. I have a uh, question. Okay. I have a uh, Farm Bureau non-qualified uh, annuity that's paying uh, 4% interest and uh it's quite a bit of money. I'm 84. My wife is 80. Uh, and it's drawing 4% interest. What should I do? My wife is a beneficiary and uh, is paying 4% interest. But And I'm retired. I'm not using the money. Uh, I, I'm retired from the Navy and civil service. So... Uh, just wondering, what should I do with the way taxes I, might increase? Do you think I should just hang in there with what I got? Or yeah, I would. I would hang in there, Jimmy. Um, you know, four percent is an awfully good uh, fixed return that you're not going to get anywhere else. And uh, I would. I would leave it alone. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess with it at all. I don't think there's any reason to. Uh, I think you just uh, keep it in there, keep earning what you're earning, let it accumulate, and uh, just just leave it alone. The only thing that would change my mind on that is if all of a sudden we started having some hyperinflation and and um, um, you know the Federal Reserve's raised interest rates, and you can now get more than four percent or five percent in a CD or something like that. That that I might change my mind on that, but I don't see that happening in the next couple of years. Uh, I made another donation this morning. I don't know. I probably picked the wrong time, but the lady took care of it for me. Uh, oh, great. Uh, I appreciate the donation, and uh, I thought that this annuity was for me and the wife because uh, we had a business, and uh, she they didn't the CPA didn't take out Taxes, I mean, take out uh, Social Security owners, so she doesn't have any retirement except what I have in this annuity. So that's why I was hanging on to this annuity in case something happens to me. So uh, yeah. you still, I'd be okay. Just leave everything the way it is, and that's what I'll do. Yeah, I would, Jimmy. I think that's the best thing you could do right now. Thank you. God bless. All right. God bless you. I appreciate the call. Thank you for your service. All right. Um, 610-363-1110. If you want to cue your call, we have lines uh, open right now. If you want to uh, go ahead and do that. Let me see if I can get Jenny. I don't know. If, yeah, let me try to get Jenny in here from North Carolina. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Dan. 
Good morning. So I've got a few questions. Um, I'm a new business owner, uh, about six months into it now, a cleaning business. Uh-huh. Um, I've, no- I've noticed that the income has not been persistent through this time of year. Um, things have kind of slowed down. Anyway, I had a 401k from my old previous employer that I moved into an IRA. And so all, all the monies are there now. Um, and I just was curious. So and I'm going to need to purchase a car vehicle maybe within the next, I don't know, six months or so. Um, and I'm curious what I should do with the IRA, the IRA money, like um, where to invest it or if I should. Um, and then if I should pull money out of that to purchase a car or not do that or go ahead and do that or wait down the road. <laughs> yeah. Jenny, how old are you? Uh, 41. Yeah. Let me, um, so I, I got, I'm coming up on a break. I didn't realize I probably would have held you over, but I'm going to have yeah, to hold you over okay. anyway. So I okay. apologize for that. So I'm going to put you back on hold. Okay. okay thanks. Thanks, Jenny. All right, folks, uh, coming up on a break here. We'll be back right after this. 610-363-1110. Financial issues. Um, So stay with us. We'll get uh, back to phones. We'll be right back right after this. We will never compromise our principles and standards We will never give away our freedom. We will never abandon our belief in God. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. We in America should be grateful to God for the blessings he's given us. Don't let anyone tell you that America's best days are behind her. We have got to fight for this nation because I believe with all my heart this nation is in fact one nation under God.
Welcome back. Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It is great to be here. 610-363-1110. 610-363-1110. If you want to cue your call up, it's a good time to do it. We have Shanna Burt with us, do we? I think we do, but we will. If we don't, we'll have our next segment. I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, we've got our uh, news update. We've got our ag report. Very, very important ag report in particular. I know everybody's watching. Uh, if you're a rancher or a farmer, you're, you're paying very close attention to Craig Haggart. And uh, I understand why. I think things are going to get a little worse before they get better. So all the more reason. Uh, of course, our news every night, FISM.TV. By the way, I know so many of you uh, watch our program on the Dove uh, TV network, and we, we love uh, the Dove. We're so excited that they'll be carrying our news um, every evening at 5.30, I believe, uh, in the next week or so, and um, 5.30 in the morning. So you'll be able to see uh, national news. And I'm really excited about that. And they're just a great network. So um, we thank them and you'll be able to see that soon. I'll let you know. And I'm sure they will too, as you watch on a regular basis. So we sure appreciate that. All right, let me go to Sam. Sam Case here from FISM News. Sam uh, is going to give us an update of some of the things we're going to hear about in more detail tonight. Hey, Sam. Hey there, Dan. That's right. Let's uh, let's take a look at some of these headlines, shall we? Well, first of all, government funding is set to expire Friday at midnight, meaning Democrats are looking to pull together a stopgap funding bill to keep the federal government up and running until mid to late January. They're not entirely sure how long that's going to last, but that's the estimate right now. And the House could vote on the measure as early as uh, Wednesday. So that's currently what's going on there. And you may be thinking to yourself, didn't they just do this? Didn't they just address this stopgap funding measure to keep the government afloat? And, and you'd be correct, because back in October, Congress passed a short-term funding bill that kept the government funding. That is until now. They always pass these things saying, you know, in the meantime, uh, that bought us enough time to pass a fuller budget, but then they never do, and they end up in the same exact situation. Uh, meanwhile, the scramble for stopgap funding coincides with the looming issue of the federal debt limit, which uh, Congress will need to increase by December 15th or else face the consequences. But of course, they're going to figure that out as well. But it might be painful for the uh, Democrats in the process because Republicans want to force them to go through budget reconciliation, which can be uh, a rough process for the Democrats. So that's the uh, situation that the Democrats are facing right now. And we'll keep up to date with all of that. It rains, it pours for the Democrats uh, up on Capitol Hill this week for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, meanwhile, the CDC has changed its wording regarding COVID booster shots, saying now that all adults should get a booster shot. Previously, the CDC only recommended the booster for those 50 years or older or adults living in healthcare facilities. But the CDC says that this new update is because of, quote, the increased transmissibility of the Omicron variant. However, Dan, as you played earlier in your show, one of the doctors who actually discovered the variant says it's actually very mild and there's not really that much reason to be concerned about it as of yet uh, because the data shows that not really anyone's getting all that sick from the illness. Uh, meanwhile, and I found this amusing, Moderna's chief medical officer does say that Omicron is very dangerous looking, but don't worry, they said they could create a shot specifically for the variant. I'm not going to give my opinions can. about that, but I think you can you could put that together. The person who discovered the virus says, hey, it doesn't seem like that big deal of me, but the company that stands to make some money off of it being a big deal says, oh, this looks like a big deal. 
hmm, I don't know. <laughs> Do with that what you will, audience. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has ordered an investigation into a 2019 bombing in Syria that left dozens of civilians dead. And this investigation comes on the heels of a New York Times investigative report released earlier this month that brought light to this attack uh, that had previously been classified. And the mistaken attack was not acknowledged by the U.S. officials until after the article was released. So there is some fallout going on there with that that attack and we'll hopefully have some more answers soon. Meanwhile, some very disturbing news coming out of China. The Henan province in China will use face scanning technology to detect and identify what they call people of concern, including foreign journalists, women and students. The system is meant to give authorities the chance to punish or deal with, in their own words, journalists and create a library of detected persons. So that's really scary. The system logs individuals based on a multitude of factors, including their reasons for their travel, where they're traveling, and for journalists, their previous reporting behavior. So if you say anything negative about China and you're looking to travel to the Henan province, you might want to reconsider your trip. Uh, in other news we'll be covering tonight, uh, this is a very good story as well. In the latest update of the 15 kidnapped believers in Haiti, Christian Aid Ministries, of which uh, these missionaries belong, they announced that they are still continuing to spread the gospel in Haiti despite the devastating situation that's occurred with their missionaries getting kidnapped. So that hopefully that will be some encouragement to uh, all the believers in our audience. Uh, it certainly is encouraging to me. I, I pray that someday I'll have the faith that those people do to continue sharing the gospel, even in the midst of that uh, persecution. And one more quick one, a recent morning consult poll found that of the top 10 governors with the best job approval ratings, nine were Republicans. So we'll look into that poll as well on today's show at seven o'clock. That is great. I also heard that in all 50 states, the governor's approval rating is higher than the president of the United States. Here's Craig Haggard. We'll be right back. Craig Haggard with your Financial Issues Egg update for November 30th. Well, yesterday saw corn futures trade lower in sympathy with the wheat market, a strong U.S. dollar, and good South American rain showers this past weekend. Weekly export inspections were neutral, coming in about as expected at 30.2 million bushels. At the close, the March futures were 9.5 cents lower as they settled at $5.82.25 per bushel. The soybean market was pressured lower by the beneficial rains that fell in South America over the weekend. Traders believe that Brazil has a monster crop in the works. And they also expect that the Brazilian harvest is going to come earlier than normal this year, which could have a negative impact on the amount of export business that the U.S. captures. Weekly export inspections for this past week were better than expected at 78.7 million bushels. At yesterday's close, we had the January soybean futures 11 and a quarter cents lower, ending the day at $12.41.5. Wheat market was lower as traders focused on what appears to be a record Australian crop and Egypt's ginormous wheat purchases that went to Russia, Romania, and Ukraine. The current Russian wheat export tax of $80 per metric ton does not to have appear to have slowed the Russian export uh, business as much as their government had been hoping for. Wheat prices drew additional pressure from a strong U.S. dollar, which is thought to make the U.S. less competitive in the world market. From a technical perspective, it was interesting to see Chicago futures go up and fill a gap that had been left last week before trading sharply lower. At the close, Minneapolis March futures were three and a quarter cents lower at 10.45 and a quarter. Kansas City was down 11 and three quarter cents to close at 8.57 and a quarter, and Chicago futures were 18 cents lower for the day, ending the session at 8.22 and a quarter cents. 
Well, cotton futures gap lower on Friday, and they spent yesterday trading within Friday's trading range. Now, it would be unusual if we didn't go back and take a run at filling that gap. To do that, March futures would have to get up to $115.15 to get that gap filled. We're getting close to the end of this season with 85% of the cotton crop now harvested. At yesterday's close, we had March futures down 37 points, settling at $111.41 per hundred. Livestock futures were weaker. At the close, February live cattle were down a buck ninety, closing at $139.30 per hundred weight. January feeder cattle were down by $1.42.5 as they settled at $165.72.5 per hundred. In February, lean hogs were a bit well lower as well. They were down a dime as they closed at $80.92.5 per hundred weight. Class 3 milk futures had a fairly trade, uh, wide trading range, but finished a bit softer for the session. At the close, the December futures were 16 points lower, settling at $18.16 per hundred. And meat cutout values were mixed. Choice box beef ended the day $2.43 lower, closing at $2.77.58. Select boxes dropped by $0.26 cents to settle at $2.62.02. Pork carcass cutout values, on the other hand, got off to a strong start for the week. They're up $3.73, settling at $87.71 per hundredweight. This has been Craig Howgard with your Financial Issues Egg Update. We'll be right back with more financial issues after this. Welcome back, Financial Issue. It's great to be here. 610-363-1110. Shanna Burt is with us. So we'll um, take some questions. Shanna, welcome. Uh, Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, and Shanna had a good point. We were just talking at the break. She was saying, you know, do do we think that the retail sales numbers, you know, are down because of some of the early shopping that everybody was talking about? And I, and I certainly think that the early shopping, um, you know, didn't, didn't hurt anything, but I don't think, um, it was big enough to make the kind of difference that we're seeing. I think it was, you know, it's good. It's helpful, but I think half the reasons why the markets are down right now so big. And one of the big concerns is, um, the fact that we have, uh, you know, in the markets that these retail sale numbers haven't been good. So we get a um, consumer confidence number index. This is the consumer confidence index. This is the number that I like. And yesterday I said it was going to be at 109 or lower. It was at 109.7. They were expecting 110 down from 113.8. So uh, it was a little bit lower than they expected, not dramatically lower, but a little bit lower. I'm kind of surprised, but um, I thought it would be even lower than what I had anticipated. But nonetheless, when you add in the consumer confidence number now that is happening right now, we'll see what the ISM uh, manufacturing index is, construction spending, and of course the service sector number on Friday. And I think that's going to dictate a lot about what markets are doing. It seems to me like everybody's waking up saying, you know, I don't think the markets are kind of, I don't think they're as good as we thought they were. Yeah, well, they're not. And, you know, I think that is 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. That is the bigger, you know, that's the bigger issue. So, um, Anyway, we'll we'll see we'll see if that can uh, continue to um, you know if the markets continue to falter as a result of some of this. It'll be interesting to see. Shan, I know you've got to do your disclaimer here. I almost forgot. So let me yep, let thanks. you do that. Yeah. Uh, I'm a financial advisor in private practice. Securities are offered through GA Repl and Company, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, members of FINRA and SIPC. Great. <laughs> so anyway, we um we've got a number of calls we'll get we'll get to and I was I need to finish up a call that I started right before the last break with oh, Je- she dropped, dropped. Okay. Darn. All right. Um, Jenny, uh, I don't know if you're still listening. You're able to listen. Let me just say this to you. Um, I, I would be, uh, I, my question I needed to ask you was, are you still contributing to your IRA, even though you're working on your own now? And I, I don't, I doubt that you are because obviously you're starting up a business. Uh, things are slowing down a little bit right now and they'll pick back up again. And I would rather you not touch your um, IRA that you have. You know, you, I mean, you still have some time. You're young. You're 40, 41. You, you still have plenty of time to contribute. Uh, the hope is, of course, that you can grow your business. And that's probably going to be the focus of any, any um, extra income that you have, as it should be. And so I think for the vehicle... I would, I would want you to take a more traditional kind of route. I would think real hard about your cash flow, what you can afford to do. And it sounds like uh, you're already starting to do that and what you can afford to buy and go ahead and buy the car. But I don't know that it would be the right thing to do um, to, to use your IRA money. You'd have to pay a 10% penalty. You'd have to pay taxes and uh, it doesn't, I don't think it's a good idea to do that. So 
just leave that alone. Someday, hopefully, you'll be able to contribute to it and, um, you know, go, go some other routes. I don't know if that helps you or not, but um, hopefully it does. I'm sorry you had a, that long hold there. Let me go to uh, Joel, Joel calling from Tennessee. Hey, Joel. Hey, good morning, Dan and Shanna. Uh, I sure appreciate what y'all do. Uh, Dan, I definitely appreciate what you do for, for Mission Preborn. That's the single most important issue in our society right now, and we need to, need to keep fighting that fight. Um, Amen. But I'll, uh, I'll, I'll jump right into it and uh, try to be quick. Um, basically, I am, I'm 30 years old and just graduated from law school, and I'm, I'm working on passing the bar exam while I'm helping my wife gets started in her business. She's 29 and uh, graduated from dental school in 2020 and just purchased her, uh, her dental practice in April of this year. Um, but she, um, she started working for the doctor that, that she bought the practice from after she got out of school just to get to know the patients and, and show some income for the, uh, for the bank to, to get the money to, to purchase the practice. Anyway, so Last year was the first time in about eight years that we showed any earned income. And so um, we opened, she opened a Roth and put about 5000 into it. And then she opened a spousal Roth for me because I was still in school and put another 5000 into that. So my main question is if we have, you know, about $10,000 of discretionary income again this year, would you recommend contributing to that Roth or opening a brokerage account and following one of your asset allocation models or what would you recommend there? Yeah, I would probably recommend that you, um, um, do the, do the, um, the brokerage account, I think. Um, and then next year do the Roth. I mean, try to do a little bit of both, try to split it. It sounds to me like you're on track to having the opportunity to, to do that, that your discretionary income is obviously, going to grow. I'm sure there's debt related to the, to the, uh, the purchase of the practice, but nonetheless, um, you know, hopefully you'll be able to, uh, grow, grow your, your, uh, respective, uh, careers there and, and, uh, develop, uh, plenty of discretionary income. So you're in a unique situation. I don't know if you're planning on private practice. We're going to work for an organization. If you work for a firm, you'll, you'll probably have that 401k that you will then be contributing to. Uh, and I'd, I'd like to see you continue to grow some more wealth, uh, outside. You're both so young that it's an ideal time to do that, to be able to start that. And, you know, you've got a situation where you can grow some wealth that, uh, you can control that can be outside of all that qualified money. I'm not discounting the qualified money altogether, I think that you need you need to uh, do that. I think you need to uh, continue to grow that qualified, uh, you know, qualified income. Uh, but I just I just want to see you do both. I don't want to see all of it your discretionary income going into that. So this year is somewhat irrelevant. Um, you know, you're you're not getting any real tax benefit from doing the Roth anyway. You're getting tax benefit down the road. Um, I wouldn't have a problem with you doing it now. Uh, maybe, maybe it would be better doing it now so you can um, yeah, get, get $10,000 a piece in that and then uh, you know, start to contribute to it on a more gradual way. Ideally, you'll get to a place where you can put it in on a more regular basis, not, not to make it more money, but to just put it in more often. Uh, that, that would be good. But even in the 
Roth accounts, you can still follow the asset allocation model. And I think that would be a really good thing to do. In other words, the Roth being in a brokerage account would be a real benefit to you. So this $10,000 apiece or this $20,000 would be considered part of that asset allocation model. If you end up with $20,000 next year in an investment account, that would also be considered that. So try to consider it one pot of money and really start to diversify in, a, in a, all of it in a powerful way. So I, I would still be in investing that Roth money by following the asset allocation model, uh, you know, for sure. So you, you, you should be doing that. Yeah. The only okay. thing that I would add is if you expect your income to increase dramatically over the next couple of years, you could be in a situation where you can't contribute to the Roth anymore. So getting money in early might be a good option if you think that's the case. If you think your, you know, your income will stay under the $200,000 mark for, you know, another five five to 10 years, then you'll be able to get money in. But once you get over a certain income limit, you can't make a contribution to a Roth. Right, right. Okay. All right. And if I have time, I have uh, one more sure. question about our, our three kids. Um, we, um, as, as two people who have spent uh, way too much time um, in college, we're not, we're not crazy about, um, you know, sending our kids to college or whatever, um, unless they have a very specific goal that requires uh, such education. I have a big background in construction and uh, um, things like that and, and would like to encourage them to pursue trades, but we obviously want to put some money back for them. So we, we don't want to do any kind of education fund or anything like that. Would you recommend like a whole life insurance policy for, for the kids or, or what would you recommend? No, as as putting money no I, I would recommend that you open up an investment account in your names, uh, you know it's the kids, a separate investment account, not the one that you already have or one that you're going to open for yourselves. I would put them, all three of them, on as beneficiaries, of course. And um, you know it's their money. Uh, they own it a third, a third, a third, and, and unless it ends up being a quarter, quarter, quarter here someday. But, you you know, you, you, uh, you, own, uh, you own the account. You can control it. Um, and you can be, have the freedom to give it to them as they need it, whenever that is. Maybe it's when they, uh, you know, get married, or maybe it's when they get out of high school and decide they want to enter the workforce or a trade school or whatever. But whatever, whatever you do, um, you have total control over. So I would start saving in that. I would probably, I would probably uh, confine your investments to how old's the oldest? Uh, six. Okay. I would probably confine it to uh, some of the Timothy ETFs, pro- probably fairly, you know, uh, maybe 20% in uh, TP- TPSC, which is a small cap, and then the majority of it in T, and uh, maybe even 5 or 10% in TPIF. Uh, so that would be a fairly aggressive portfolio. And um, just continue to contribute to it as often as you can in that way. Well, I sure appreciate it, Dan and Shanna, and y'all keep up the good work. All right. Thank you, Joel. I wish you all the best. You got a lot of stuff going on, and I wish you all the best. Thank you. All right. Yep. All right, folks. We'll be back. Stay with us. 610-363-1110.
Welcome back to Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. Um, we're going to get back to your calls here. Um, if you want to queue your call up, 610-363-1110. Let me go to Sean. Sean's calling us from uh, Arkansas. Hey, hey, Sean. Hey, Dan. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Okay, wonderful. Dan, uh, forgive me uh, here. I'm driving, but Dan, I, I was uh, looking to consolidate loans and uh, been getting some stuff in the mail about a VA cash-out loan. Um, and, and I was just kind of going over this with my wife. But anyhow, um, my first question is, when, when you go and refinance your mortgage for a cash-out loan, uh, do you or do you not refinance the entire new um, uh, amount with the equity included into that new mortgage? How does that work? Yeah, so the, the, the new mortgage, I mean, that what they do is they... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They allow you to take out as, you know, uh, I'm making this number up. I'm not sure what it is, just to give you an idea, but... They allow you to take sixty uh, percent uh, of your equity. So let's say you you have uh, you know a hundred thousand dollars in equity. So you can borrow. You refinance your mortgage plus um, you know sixty thousand dollars, and you, you can use that sixty thousand dollars for whatever you want. Obviously, you know adding that that now becomes a part of your principal and your mortgage payment is just reflects that. So, um, it was one of the things that, that got such, had so many problems in 2008, nine and 10. It was one of the things that started the entire, uh, mortgage securitization where they were selling mortgages in the markets, uh, because there were so many, so many people underwater, so many people, you know, People were using their equity as their piggy bank because they didn't have any savings. And uh, so they were, they were dipping into that equity. They either had an equity line of credit where, you know, they had a line of credit for the equity in their house uh, uh, or they, they had, a, uh, had refinanced sometimes more than once. 
to get the equity out. So that's how it works. So if you own $150,000 on your mortgage and you borrow 60, you're going to now have, you know, $210,000 mortgage. Um, that's basically how it works. So, so in, in my, my idea was, you know, uh, with that understanding was basically paying off a, a couple of, uh, higher, uh, interest rate, uh, loans, uh, uh, vehicle and a personal loan, um, quite quite a high interest rate there on the personal loan, and paying those off, and then with the the cash that's freed up, uh, discretionary funds every month, just putting that money back toward the um, the house, the mortgage payment. So so having an increased uh, mortgage payment over what we would actually have monthly. Um, and I did some, some modest estimates and stuff, you know, calculating anywhere between 10 and, and if I had a 30 year fixed, uh, I could get it paid off in anywhere from 10 to 15 years, uh, early. Is there, is there a better option, uh, Dan, to consolidate higher interest rate, um, loans versus what well, I'm talking about now? Yeah, there's so many options out there. I mean... My concern with the strategy that you just laid out is maintaining the discipline. It's really hard. And you may be a very disciplined person. Um, I, if I were going to do something like that, I would have no worries because I'm very disciplined. But it is, it, you know, uh, you lose sight of what you have. Like, for instance, I would never want you to roll your car into your mortgage. You know, that I would rather you pay the payment until it's done being paid for. Because what's going to happen, you're going to end up just getting another loan anyway, uh, probably to buy another car someday. I would rather you just pay your car off and not put it into the mortgage. That's number one. And yeah, I mean, the other thing you can do, the only other thing you can do with personal loan is roll it into, you know, some sort of other credit that is going to be very risky of going up to B very high interest. So I don't think there's anything wrong with it. The only thing that's wrong with it is to make it work, to make it work. Uh, in other words, to be disciplined, you know, when people, you're talking about a personal loan, I know, but you know, it, it's, it's somewhat similar in the sense that when people say, well, I've got three credit cards all maxed out and I'm going to pay them off. And my first question usually is what are you going to do with the credit card? Well, I, I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Well, I'll tell you what you're going to do with them. They're going to sit in a drawer with nothing on them. And you're going to have them sitting at your disposal or sit in your wallet. And you're going to use them again. You know, and you're going to rack it up again. If you get into in the least bit of trouble, you'll have a zero balance that'll soon be, you know, another, you know, five or $6,000. And so I, I'm always concerned about the, the discipline side of things. I think it's a great plan. I'm going to get the money. I'm going to free up cash flow, right, with this low interest mortgage. And I'm going to free up cash flow, take that freed up cash flow, and I'm going to take 75% of it and I'm going to put it back on the principal. Um, and uh, I always say 75% because, you know, if, you know, it's okay to keep a little bit of it and, and maybe um, feel some of the effects of, uh, you know, doing a good thing and getting rid of that debt and having a little extra money. But I think it's all about the discipline. And if you can live, eat, and sleep that 
and make sure that you actually do that, it's going to turn out in the long run to probably be uh, a pretty good plan for you if, if you, if you yeah. decide to do that. So, but it's the discipline. It's nothing yep. more, Sean. I agree 100%. It's a great plan and it'll work. If you do it, <laughs> yeah, if right. If you do it, it yeah, right. you don't take and apply that extra money to it. You're going to end up in a worse position because what you're going to exactly. do is, yeah, you're getting a lower interest rate, but if you just pay the minimum and pay it out over that, the length of that mortgage, you're going to end up paying more in interest than what you would be paying now and really defeat your whole purpose of doing it. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what I, I was considering was that was exactly what would happen. Um, so, so I guess, my following question would be, it seems like maybe a better option. And we've only got a, a just over a year in June of uh, the mortgage payment on this house. So it's still pretty, pretty new uh, mortgage, but uh, would it be more advisable maybe just to do a regular uh, traditional refinance on, on the current mortgage uh, remaining mortgage amount uh, with a new lower rate, and then, like you said, Dan, maybe go to one of those other options of consolidating loans. And, and well, if I go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. Well, it depends on the the. Um, you must have a pretty good mortgage rate now, if it's only a year old. It. I don't mind. It's it's two point seven five. Yeah. So you can't get any better than that. So. What you might want to do is don't do either one of those and get um, a line of credit on your equity in your house. Uh, you, you obviously have some equity. Get a line of credit um, you know, a, 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 based on your mortgage equity. The downside to the line of credit is it's only payable, not only, but they only require interest only on it and the interest fluctuates, it's adjustable, you're not going to get a fixed rate, probably line of credit. So every month, <clears throat> it's, going to, it's going to be driven. While we're in a time where interest rates are probably going to go up, but it depends on how fast you think you can pay it off. But that might be another option and save you some of the fees of a refinance, and it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to have any fees to get that line of credit. And that's, a, that's an option. But I would tell you, the, the, the discipline there is that we lose is everybody says, wow, I'm only paying 87 bucks a month. That's great. You know, on this line of credit and you, and you forget you're only paying interest. You're not paying any principal and you'll be paying that 80 cent, 87 dollars for the rest of your life because people don't put principal uh, money into their line of credits oftentimes. So uh, you've got to be super careful about that. But that might be, uh, that would probably save you some money in fees. Okay. Uh, and I, hopefully, this is my last question. Uh, um, what would be uh, uh, one or two uh, organizations or companies that, that you would recommend for some of these options, including uh, a debt consolidation, at a, uh, you know, to get a lower interest rate for some of our uh, existing loans? Yeah, I mean, the only way to do it is to go, I mean, I would go to a Christian community credit union would be one, um, or, you know, another credit union, um, if you have access to other credit unions. But I, I, would, I would check that out. They have some consolidated loans uh, just for this. They have a loan 
personally just for what you're doing at Christian Community Credit Union. And uh, the rates are very reasonable and they're real easy uh, to work with. So I would give them, I would give them a call and, um, go, you know, uh, check it out. You can go to myccu.org, myccu.org, I think is the web, web address. And, um, you know, check that out. But that would be, that would be a good option to go with the credit union, a credit union. Okay, great. Um, All right. And then uh, uh, last question, Dan, uh, I want to uh, become a partner at some point. Do you guys have videos or, or anything that uh, training? I, I know little to nothing about the market um, investments yeah. and such. I do so have it ha- investments, but I don't handle yeah. Once you go on the website, become a partner, all their instructional videos are there. So you can go through those instructional videos on various things and take a look at them and just gradually take your time and uh, you'll pick it up. Thanks, Sean. I got to run. Have a great day. Thank you for calling. Folks, we'll be right back. Stay with us right after this. The opinions and recommendations expressed by Dan are his own and do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Welcome back, Financial Issues. I'm Dan Celia. It's great to be here. Shanna Burt with us. 610-363-1110. 610-363-1110 if you want to cue your call up. Um... Shanna just mentioned something to me about financials. Um, I am a growing a little bit, a little bit more concerned about financials. And there's a number of reasons for that. It's not just technicals. There are some technical reasons, but I am um, a little bit more concerned based on some news that came out about some of the exposure that some of the big three, anyway, I won't say the big five, but big three for sure uh, have in some of the Asian markets that are concerning to me. I kind of suspected it, but it just kind of confirmed it. Um, that's a problem. I, I also have a problem with some of the, um, um, I don't know. How to, I, I, just, I, think, I think there are so many financial analysts and the financial um, companies themselves extremely naive right now in how a, what the fallout would be like for them uh, should something bigger and worse happen. And I think something bigger and worse has great potential of happening. And all of it, all of it, not some of it, all of it is going to impact financials in a very negative way. And I'm talking about financials from, you know, insurance companies, um, all kinds of financials, even preferreds uh, could be impacted uh, or will be impacted for sure. So <clears throat> I think it's going to be a whole different world. I, th- I think we're headed into a different world of, of um, financing that is going to be very different than where, where it's ever been. And I'm concerned about it because it's too, too many things are not sustainable right now. I said in my commentary uh, this morning, I just remember because I don't say things that clever too often, but I said something about, um, you know, the market is a bubble searching for a pin and uh, maybe, maybe this, this, um, variant is the pin that it's been looking for. Now, 
I don't really believe that that is the case because I don't really believe that the variant is the problem with the market right now. That's what the media wants us to believe, and that's what they keep telling us. Now, there are some, <clears throat> some out there that will believe that, that, oh, it's that, that stinking variant, you know, uh, you know, everybody's got to get out and get more shots. So um, I don't think that is the problem, problem at all. I think what is happening right now in the globe, not in America, not in any one sector, but in the world right now, is everybody has had a chance over the last two months to sit back and say, oh my word, this is just not the way we thought it was. All this self-fulfilling prophecy that we were hoping for is obviously never going to be fulfilled because we don't have cooperation from consumers and from the people. We don't have that. It's not going to work. Things were a lot worse than we thought. Things are only getting worse. There's people that aren't buying. There's people who aren't shopping. Consumer spending habits are changing dramatically. They're going to continue to change. There doesn't seem to be any end in sight to that. Everybody is waking up to the reality that guess what? We don't have enough batteries. We don't have enough wind. We don't have enough sun. We don't have uh, enough thermal thermal energy. We don't have enough nitrogen. I laughed when I saw that in one of the bill that's before the Senate for their spending is to increase production of nitrogen. Oh, that's a wonderful thing. I love nitrogen. I think it was the greatest thing. Fuel cell was one of the greatest things that ever came about. But it's laughable. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to get it anywhere? There's zero, zero, not a little bit, not some, not you know, here and there and scattered around. There's a zero infrastructure, zero infrastructure for it. It's going to take 30, you think it's going to take a long time to build out wind and solar? It's going to take forever to build that. They're going to put a little money in for it for what? They, I mean, it's just, they're, they're just grasping. They're just grasping at love, not trying to get canceled and get everybody to love them. They're just grasping. And I want the, I want the whole world to think that I am the greatest uh, legislator for green energy in the world. Well, that's good. Why everybody's starving and has to walk and ride bikes everywhere. I mean, it's, it's insanity. And, and I think that we are going to see, we are going to see. So back in February, I said, we're going to get to a hunker down mentality with consumers. We got there last month. And, and I said, it was going to be before the end of the year. I expected it to be about this time, not back in October, but Nonetheless, we're seeing that happen. Consumer confidence number for October down, right? Um, so that's that's not good. I mean, we're, we had horrible the 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 worst cyber. This is the first time since cyber shopping started that it's been down. Okay, it was only one point four percent. That's not the point. It was down every year. It's been up astronomical since Amazon and Walmart and Target all started their uh, dot-com buying, selling. It's, we can see that hunkering down mentality. Now we've got business sentiment hunkering down, which we knew was coming. And now we've got this global mentality among advisors, investors, analysts saying, I think we miscalculated a few things. Yeah, we, what we miscalculated is that the economies are really important. It's, we can't just grab 
power and more social control and expect to exist. It doesn't work like that. It's not going to work like that. You know, I listen and listen to all the conspiracy theories that are out there right now. Tons of them. I can, I can go through every one of them. Somebody said to me yesterday, I got a uh, phone call from a friend who asked me, you know, about a video that I wanted to know if I watched it. I, I thought, watched it. My gosh, I watched every one of them. Uh, it's something I've been tracking since 1968. They're asking me if I ever watched the video on it. Um, I, I watch this stuff and analyze it to the, to the point of exhaustion. And yes, I'm watching it all. Yes, I'm analyzing it all. And here's the problem. There's a zillion conspiracy theories out there that's scaring so many people to death. And guess what? There's somebody else rising up every single week. There's a new person. Some of them I know that they're going to build a ministry. They're going to build a work. They're going to build a business around a conspiracy theory marketing uh, uh, idea. Okay. Look, there's only one thing that matters. All these conspiracy theories, I'm not going to speak to the legitimacy of any of them. I'm not, I, I'm not going to speak to them. Unfortunately, I have so many friends, good, 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 good friends and family members, people that I know and good associates, business associate kinds of friends that are so into these things. So I, I don't want to uh, hurt a lot of feelings, but it's all well and good, but there's only one thing I care about. I only care about the solutions. I only care about solutions. Everybody's got a theory. Nobody has solutions. Do you really care if I get on the radio for three hours and scare everybody to death about the perils and the things that are going to happen because of a, of a great reset? Do you, really, do you care that much? We do you can care do that, that and just reading Revelations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yesterday I saw that very thing. I said, we had a video. Somebody's talking about Revelation. Well, <laughs> so now. I, you can't is there speak a, to the I don't remember. <laughs> Let me think about the last chapter. Is that where all the solution is in the last chapter? Or is the solution is, Praise God, we're going to walk through the gates. It's all over. I mean, I don't know. There is no, there's no, God's not laying out a solution for us of that. He's not laying out. It's not, Revelation isn't a book of here's how you're going to survive it. Other than accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's not, lay, he's not laying out the solution. So we are getting, I am, I shouldn't say we, I am getting nauseated by all of the, the all of the videos and all, no kidding, no kidding. Do you think, I mean, this, this has been going on forever. And you, here's the thing, what is happening now, and this is what got me thinking of it, what is happening right now is, is we've got a global economy that is coming to the realization that central banks 
are their worst enemies that are coming under the realization that everything that they thought they were going to control is uncontrollable. They are coming to the realization that the political correctness that they have been striving for is not going to make anybody a nickel or put a loaf of bread on anybody's table. I mean, they're just now coming to the realization of that. They're coming to the realization that these things are going to have to be done in a great deal of moderation. It isn't going to happen overnight. We aren't going to stop fossil fuel and start living off of wind and sun when the wind doesn't blow all the time, the sun doesn't shine all the time, and we don't have the infrastructure to store any of it. So do you think we're leaning on our own understanding? (laughs) That's exactly, it's, and, it's, and that's exactly what is happening. We're doing that, but not only that, we're living on our own understanding, but we don't know it. We don't even realize it. We haven't even figured that much of it out yet, let alone a solution to get through it. We'll be right back. Oh, it's, okay. It's the end of the two, second hour. We'll be back right after this if you got to leave us. Have a great day. God bless. More financial have, issues give it to right the after poor, this. Take up the cross. Follow me. It's not your money I want. I want your heart. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.